It's Sports by the Book at the South Point Studio. Here's Jeff Parles. Welcome into Sports by the Book here at the South Point Studio. First Saturday of 2024, I'm Jeff Parles, Alex White alongside. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, and we've got a very busy Saturday. It, I put it politely, <laughs> very busy Saturday. Uh, this is the first of eight mega college basketball Saturdays where we get about 130-plus games. Today, it's 144. You have off 144 prep? Yeah, I'd, I'd be lying if I said yes. <laughs> Don't worry. I even missed some as well. But we have those to get. We have a, a lot to get to. A bunch of really good ranked teams in action today. A fascinating one where I know where gambling Twitter is going to be on one game that's early today. We'll discuss Kentucky and Florida, where you have an unranked team getting steamed in the market overnight as a favorite at home against a top five squad in the Wildcats. But we have football to talk about first today. By the way, before we get into this, Jim Harbaugh today, their media days in Houston for the national championship game on Monday, which as a, I, I don't know if you knew out there, uh, Washington and Michigan, as we know. Yes. Uh, yeah. Two Big Ten rivals now, Alex. Yes. Uh, four and a half behind us. There's some four in the market on this game. Jim Harbaugh was asked today about his future, and his quote was, quote, the future, I hope to have one. Very good, Jim. Very good. We all hope to have a future uh, <laughs> moving forward. Uh, of course, we, we know Harbaugh. I think he's going to end up being the coach of the Chargers, but that is a different discussion for a different day. Uh, of course, Michigan will have their day on Monday as a favorite. Win their first national title in over 20 years. If he has, if you think he's gone to L.A., where do you think Belichick is going? I don't know, but not L.A. Okay. That's all I'll say. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, probably an NFC team. I just don't know which ones other than Carolina, Washington will be open. But that will be a different, different discussion for a different time because as soon as Belichick is then relieved of the duties in New England, we can have a better sense, I think. Let's go to, uh, let's go to Pittsburgh and Baltimore first. Our guy, Sean, in the corner. Sean, I always saw was a Steeler jersey. Who, who are you wearing today? Who do I think? I have no idea who I think. You wearing Roethlisberger? Yeah, it's not Roethlisberger. What, are we, what do we got? We got Watt? We got Watt. There we go. Yeah, we got, we got TJ Watt, number 90, our guy, Sean. The talk, the talk, anytime touchdown for <laughs> TJ Watt. Very good. Very good. Uh, Pittsburgh, we, we talked about this on Football Friday. You and I talked about this on Thursday. Pittsburgh needs to win and get help to get into the postseason. Baltimore already locked into the number one seed. This game is a 4.30 East, 1.30 Pacific time start for this one in Baltimore, Maryland. It's three, totals 34. You're seeing, you're seeing Baltimore actually get bed in the marketplace because they're starting to see some three evens on Pittsburgh. So we may see some two and a halves pop at some point today. I would imagine they would get gobbled up pretty quickly, even if you're laying dollar twenty at some other shops. Of course, not happening here. It's all 11 to 10 behind us here at the South Point. Alex, what, as we're now on the day of the game, what are your thoughts here? What have you played? What are you definitely not playing in this one with this great rivalry? So I'm really excited about these two games today. I think we're going to have some chaos in one way or another. That's, I'm always in on that. I I think there's definitely value here taking the points with the Ravens. I mean, we're talking about a team who cares about preseason games, so you know they're going to be ready for this one as well. Tyler Huntley's one of the best backups. 
that we have in the league. I'm not saying that the Ravens are going to win this game, but taking three points with them at home against one of their biggest rivals, I think there's value there. When the line on the underdog is plus three and a half or higher, the underdog is 19 and two ATS between these two. The Steelers have won six of their last seven meetings against the Ravens, including a 17-10 win in week five. So that's kind of where that underdog fits in there, right? 19-2 and two ATS. The Steelers are typically in that spot, but did win outright in six of the last seven. Tomlin Steelers, though, 15-26 and 26 ATS as road favorites here. So now they're in a different position as the favorite. I just, looking for value, I think it would be on the Ravens. I haven't played anything yet. Excited about this one. We'll see if the Steelers can keep doing what they've done all year long, finding a way and getting themselves in the playoffs. I will give Pittsburgh this. Mason Rudolph has played genuinely well the last two weeks, which is, for lack of a better word, stunning. That Mason Rudolph, who we've seen, is he's a career backup. He's a mediocre quarterback at best. But he's been Pittsburgh's best quarterback this year, and it's really not even been close. And for the Steelers, Rudolph is an impending free agent. If the Steelers win this game and sneak into the back through the back door into the playoffs with a Buffalo loss uh, on Sunday night, I wouldn't be shocked that Mason Rudolph is the starting quarterback for week one next year. I think that's as bad as you can possibly be if you're Pittsburgh, but I wouldn't be shocked if that ends up happening off of what we've seen this last month, even if they were to make the playoffs and get crushed by Miami in round one. But this is the one thing that I will say, and part of the reason I don't have a bet on this game, even though I think at three, it's fair if you want to lay it out with, with Pittsburgh. I get why people took numbers earlier in the week with Baltimore, with all the with most of the starters sitting out, no Lamar, no OBJ. Uh, it does look like those linebackers are at least going to play a half for Baltimore, which was in question this week. It is a it is still to me the best rivalry in the NFL. These two teams hate each other more than anything, and. I think even with their backups in, Baltimore would love to torpedo Pittsburgh's season for good. We saw it again in 2019. Steelers needed to win. Ravens already had the one seed locked. Baltimore won outright. That, that was, I got all the way to six. That was a, a, a really nice money line price. Granted, I think this Pittsburgh team is better than that one was in 2019, just because this version of Mason Rudolph is better than that version of Mason Rudolph right. and Doug Hodges, who both played in that game. So I'm staying off. The total's interesting, though, at 34. I feel like it's too low. I agree. Personally, I, I feel like it's too low. The first meeting between these teams, it was 17-10. But Pittsburgh's offense has been a different offense these last two weeks with Rudolph. 45-53 and 53 the last two weeks. I know it's Baltimore's backups. I know their defense, even with their backups, is still really good. I feel like this total's too low, though, Alex. I agree. It's really hard, though, to, to gauge. So we were doing team totals yesterday on punchlines with mm -hmm. Frank and Steelers team total is 20 and a half. So I was looking at past games and on the road last one, they won 30 to 23 at Seattle. We yep. know that Mason Rudolph on the road, but then before that it was all pre Mason Rudolph. So they lost 30 to 13 to the Colts. They won 16, 10, and then they lost to the Browns. We know that by three. So it's tough. It's like, which team are we getting here? But to your point, Mason Rudolph has been very impressive and I was concerned with him last week going on the road in Seattle. It's a tough place to play. He took care of business, got them this far. It will get interesting. So you're talking about next year, but Kenny Pickett is now healthy again, right? So if they make it into the playoffs, they haven't announced 
who will be the quarterback going forward, but I would think they would have to stick with the hot hand. I, Mason I would Rudolph. Be, if Pittsburgh makes the playoffs, assuming Mason Rudolph does not get injured in this game, Mason Rudolph has to start the playoff. I mean, just the way that it's going to be uh, for for the Steelers here in this run. Where again, I don't think this team's any good. I think of the granted, it's an AFC playoff picture where between them and the two AFC South teams that are battling tonight, you're going to have at least one weak team in the AFC playoffs, maybe even two if Pittsburgh wins and then Jacksonville wins tomorrow in Tennessee and then Buffalo uh, falls to Miami on Sunday night. Uh, again, it's whoever gets those two that two seed is going to have a really nice matchup in round one, whether it's Buffalo or Miami drawing either Pittsburgh or the winner of this AFC South matchup tonight. Did you bet any props in this game or did you stay off? No props. So I did. We're talking about Harbaugh and what he said this morning. I do think it is really funny. OBJ tweeted because a lot of tweets going out there about incentives for players and, you know, getting bonuses. And he tweeted on there, don't bet on mine. <laughs> and then it was announced that he wasn't playing. So, no, um, I, if I was going to look at a prop here, it would probably be uh, Harris for for the Steelers running back. Najee Harris. Anytime touchdown. He would yeah. go anytime touchdown on Najee. Okay. I uh, I have nothing. Najee, by the way, plus between plus 115 and plus 160 in the market on anytime touchdown. Excuse me, plus 150. Uh, shop. Shop around. That's right. For that. Uh, the best number you can possibly get. Melvin Gordon, by the way, is going to get the bulk of the carries today for Baltimore. How about that? You ready for that? Melvin Gordon, Melvin Gordon and Dalvin Cook on the same roster. I was going to say, what about Dalvin Cook? He'll I don't be in think there, Cook, right? I don't think Cook's going to play. I think they signed him to the practice squad yesterday. Okay. I don't think he's going to get promoted to the full-time roster. Who knows, though? Maybe, maybe he will. It would make a lot of sense if he scored a touchdown. Can we talk about this for a second? Please. Because I did bring it up on Frank's show, too, but I want your actual opinion about this. Because I, I know you didn't love Dalvin Cook on the Jets, and he took away a lot of carries from Brees Hall. How do you see this going forward for the Ravens? Is this helpful? Or, I mean, they've been so good irrelevant. with Gus Edwards. I think, I, I think it's okay. irrelevant, personally. I, I, for them, an extra body, someone gets hurt. I get it. I think Dalvin Cook is done. I don't think he can move anymore. But who knows? Maybe that's just that the Jet offense was so pathetic it took him down with him. But I, I think he's toast uh, as a runner. I just think he's not the same guy. But Baltimore, there's, there's nothing to lose. Right. If he's not good, he just doesn't play. So nothing to lose on that. Very good. Okay. And what about MVP race here? Because we know Lamar Jackson is sitting out today. So, so I, I think it's pretty simple on this. Lamar's already won the award. Uh, it's done. And, you know, it's just for Jackson, his second MVP award, they've now coincided with Baltimore getting the one seed. Of course, 2019, I thought he was better in 2019 than he was this year. But in a year where, let's be honest with ourselves, this was a weak MVP year where Lamar timed his run right. He's played his best football the last month of the season, even though he did a weird game against the Niners. But he was brilliant against the Dolphins on last Sunday. It's over. He He's won the award. Doesn't matter. He's not going to play today. Uh, the only awards that I, I would say are still up for grabs uh, comeback player of the year, I'm curious to see how the voters do it. I think Hamlin's going to win, but I would vote for Flacco personally. And then coach of the year is the other one. Right. Where I, the game we'll get to in a second, Yeah, there's a legitimate argument to be made. The winner of the game tonight, should that coach should be coach of the year. 
Now, for Houston, I think Demeco Ryans will get hurt in that voting by the fact that C.J. Stroud is going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. Okay. I don't think that's fair, right. but I think that's the voters will say, oh, we're not going to vote two Texans for major awards here. And then for Steichen, I mean, he had a starting quarterback for three games, win 10 games with a win. T- no, voters don't look at win totals. I'm going to look at win totals. Exceeding your win total by three and a half is a big deal. That is a huge exceeding of expectations. I would say Steichen has a better case than Ryan's personally. I think his roster is actually worse uh, and his quarterback is worse. But when it's all said and done, if Stefanski doesn't win, it's ridiculous because they're going to be playing five quarterbacks this year because Driscoll's starting tomorrow. And you win 11 games, maybe 12 if you pull the upset with Driscoll playing tomorrow. That's absurd. That's as good of a coaching job as you're ever going to see. They lost Nick Chubb in week two. They've had terrible offensive line injuries. I think Stefanski should win pretty close to unanimously. And that's not to say there's other great candidates out there. The coaching job by Stefanski has just been so outrageously great that he should win the award going away. I would say he's had very good quarterback step in, though. I mean, even with DTR and P.J. Walker, they did good. I I think Steichen, I'm with you on that case against uh, Ryan with those two because they really haven't flinched at all with losing Anthony Richardson and then Minshew jumping in. And we saw with the Texans, C.J. Stroud might win Offensive Player of the Year, Rookie Player Offensive Rookie, yep. Offensive Rookie of the Year. Um, but when he was out and had those injuries, we saw the big drop with the Texans. I haven't seen that with the Colts. I mean, they've stayed very steady. But, I mean, you're right. There's a case for all three of them, and they've all done a fantastic job. Yeah, I I just, I, I just in the end, I, I still think Stefanski, when you have that many quarterbacks. Yeah. And it's funny that the fourth one, Flacco, has been the best of all, all of them this year. But. Look, for the Browns, and again, we're talking about the Cleveland Browns here. It'll be two playoff appearances in four years. Look at Kevin Stefanski guy is pretty good at this head coaching thing. Well, that defense is legit. Oh, yeah. Even though I think the defense has played a little bit worse over the last few weeks than people are acknowledging because they've been winning because of their offense. All right, let's go to the other game tonight. This line's really starting to take off, Alex. It's as high as two and a half in the market now in Houston. Wow. Uh, it's one and a half behind us. Total's 47 and a half. Texans at the Colts is open. India is a favorite. Now Houston is favored. We're now getting to the point where even though I like Houston in the game, you can't bet it. You missed it. You missed it. You can't do it. I wouldn't chase a bad number on the Texans. I just wonder here with how aggressive the market has been betting. A, again, these are two teams that the way they are put together now are not used to the situation. Houston hasn't been relevant since 2019. The Colts have not been relevant similarly. Yeah, they made the playoffs with Phillip Rivers and Frank Wright in 2020. I understand that Carson Wentz and that team was a win away the last two weeks from being in the playoffs. Totally different group, totally different coaching staff. I'm just curious to see how both of these teams handled the moment tonight. Total 47 and a half, which is the second highest of the week. Alex, I'm not chasing a bad number. I don't know. I would imagine you're in the same boat that if you like Houston, don't bother. But the way this has gone, I would wait if I'm uh, like Indy. Yeah. This thing could touch three with the way this market is going. If it does touch three, I might jump in with the Colts. I haven't made a bet. I do lean to the Texans. One of the things that scares me with the Colts is you love this pro football focus. NFL luck rankings 
Indy's second luckiest this year, mm-hmm. and we've seen that all year long with them. Colts also are very zone-heavy defense, and C.J. Stroud has done fantastic, second-best quarterback against cover three. So I think the Texans will find a way here. They always do. You know I love Colts overs. I just think this one's a little high. I'm going to wait and see if it's a slow start because the Colts have only gone over in the first half totals. I mean, the Texans have only gone over in the first half totals once this year. So if a little slow start, if I can get a better number, I will jump on the over because I think we're going to see fireworks in this second half. Might be a, a shootout going back and forth, both playing for their season here. So regardless of what happens in this game, We've already, I mentioned it before. Whoever loses this game still had a a year where they went way over the win total, both over 500 teams that I don't think, I I will say this, I think both of these teams are natural regression candidates next year, especially Indianapolis, where it's going to be Anthony Richardson's de facto rookie year on the field again, even though he played a little bit and he looked okay in in the limited action he had this year. And for Houston, that defense has to get better. And also, by the way, we're talking about a division where they could get two playoff teams out of the AFC South. The whole South division has a negative point differential. So you're looking at all these teams where natural regression next year, and I understand, hey, yeah, I know we have a whole playoffs to get through. Already, I'm getting my mind ready for potential win totals to look at and potentially go after next year with uh, – Again, excuse me, by the way, Houston is now positive point differential after the blood when they were negative going into last week. But see how it plays out tonight in Indy. It is it is a, a tough game at the current numbers to bet. Prop-wise, I have nothing. The only guy I'd look to attack tonight is Mike Pittman, though. That would be the only okay. way I'd look to go. I kind of um, am on the other side with you. I think the Texans might have more of a regression with the okay. film being out on C.J. Stroud. And I think Anthony Richardson is pretty good. I'm excited to see him in a full year next year. I love how he played very quick, got his offense going up and down the field. So we'll see. I mean, I think you make a very valid point, though. Keep these two in mind for next year with win totals. Looking to the under. Let's take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to look at college hoops. We got a lot to get to in the in this day. I had a list of, of what was it, 15 games that yep. I liked I had leans on, which means those will probably be good as opposed to the ones I bet including some line movement on one early involving a top 10 team. We'll discuss it next. Sports by the Book here at the South Point Studio. Once you've satisfied your hunger, get ready for more of the hottest casino games in Vegas. Our 24-hour, 30-table, non-smoking poker room proudly hosts all the most popular poker games with a variety of betting limits. Visit the Poker Room for a schedule of daily tournaments. Whether you're going to hold them or fold them, the best place for poker is at South Point Casino. You'll notice that our craps tables are usually the loudest in the casino. If you've never played, join one of our free craps lessons to find out what makes this game so exciting. Check with the craps dealer for schedules and give it a roll. Bingo is also an exciting way to spend your time. We offer seven sessions of bingo every day. And each session includes a cash ball jackpot, 12 bingo games, a progressive double action game, and a $10,000 bonus coverall. Electronic units are available. If you haven't played bingo with us, give it a try today. Guests can also get in on the action at our one-of-a-kind race and sports books. 
two separate rooms designed to maximize your experience and comfort. Our sports book with over 400 seats puts you right in the middle of the action, 24 hours a day. The friendly ticket riders are happy to help and it's conveniently located next to the famous Del Mar Deli where you'll find supersized portions of delicious deli items like roast beef, pastrami and Reuben sandwiches or soups, salads and pizza. Plus spectacular desserts fit for a king. And right next door is the race book. Over 150 seats, each with its own TV screen. There are 16 interactive player terminals, so you can bet right from your seat. Welcome back in at Sports by the Book here at the South Point Studio. I'm Jeff Piles. Alex White's here as well. We're happy to be with you as always. The first Saturday of 2024, which means it's the first Saturday where there are roughly 1,000 college basketball games here on the card. Uh, we'll, we'll go through the ones that caught our eye here today, and let's just start right out of the gate here, starting at the top of the hour. A lot more, actually, than usual at this noon Eastern window yes. here today, and there's a bunch of good ones. Let's start with Marquette and Seton Hall. Last time we saw Marquette, hard-fought game, got it done, won and covered against Creighton uh, at Fiserv in Milwaukee. Now to get Seton Hall, where it's been an interesting year for Shaheen Holloway and the Pirates this year, where get out, they beat the mediocre teams on the schedule right out, right out of the gate. They get go out to San Diego for a neutral site Thanksgiving tournament, lose to a USC team that is underachieved, Alex lose to an Iowa team that I really don't think is any good at all. Uh, and then they lose to Baylor. Nothing wrong with that going to Waco. That's a really difficult game. And then they lose to Rutgers, who's down this year and really is no offense. Going to Big East play, you beat UConn right out of the gate, and then you flip around and lose to Xavier, and then get a big win against Providence in a game where Bryce Hopkins suffered the season-ending injury for the, for the Friars. Alex, it's five. You're starting to see some five and a half in the market. Total's 145 behind us. It's mostly 144 on this total. Ken Palm has this at five and 145. So that these numbers mirroring that system. I like Marquette personally. I don't think this is the greatest matchup for Seton Hall. Now, I have I expected Seton Hall's defense to be better by now, Alex. They're 87th in the country. Solid, not great, but I think their guards are going to have a tough time slowing down Marquette's backcourt in this game. I agree. So you said it, impressive conference play so far for Seton Hall, and the Pirates are also 7-1 and one at home, mm -hmm. but now they face a team that scores 78 points a game and has outscored their opponents by 11.6 per game. Seton Hall might have the advantage in the paint, 36.5 rebounds and 4.6 blocks per game, but I'm with you. I think Marquette has the advantage in basically every other area and i don't think they'll be able to slow them down i think the number's right i just don't love laying that five points on the road yeah it's it's i don't love it either i'm not a huge fan of usually going out and laying especially in power five plus big east games laying points on the road i just think marquette is that much better personally and and look if seton hall comes out and play like they did against uconn i'm gonna lose hey and look and there's so many games during this college basketball season, I'm going to lose plenty of them <laughs> this year. Uh, other games at noon, 
Then I will say I do have a, I do have a bet on LaSalle plus the five against Fordham. Okay. LaSalle, last time we saw them, uh, they lost to Howard. And it's a good little bounce back spot against the Fordham team that I think is okay. I, I, I don't think they should be that big of a favorite. They also lost to George Mason as well. LaSalle, nice little good bounce back spot. Getting five on the road, I think that's okay uh, as well. Other games at this time, South Carolina currently a three-point home dog against Mississippi State. Georgetown, six-and-a-half-point favorite, down from seven against DePaul. Rutgers and Iowa, six-and-a-half with Iowa right now. I have nothing on any of those. You don't want to talk about that one? Those are two of your favorite teams no, right good. there. No, <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Contrast of styles. Total is dictated that it's going to be an Iowa pace game of yeah. 153. I tend to agree with it with the game being in Iowa City. Let's go to a game that was mentioned earlier on the week on the show, though. Ty McKeon brought it up. He was looking at Clemson against North Carolina. And you know what? The whole market's been looking at Clemson in this game. Up to three on the Clemson Tigers against North Carolina. We did see it touch three and a half quickly here at the South Point. So it is back down from that three and a half earlier. But overnight, it was one and a half, two in the places that had it up uh, early in the uh, or last night. I can't get there at this number on Clemson. I'm not going to follow Kai here. I'm going to stay off of this game. You, on the other hand, I think are going the opposite direction of Kai in this game. I am. I took the three with North Carolina. I might even take a little on the money line. 2-0 and right now in conference to start. I think they keep that role in here even on the road. I just really like this North Carolina team. I think they have come so far from last year. We know they have a good roster. They just were not clicking last year. And now they're playing very well together. Clemson, they are coming off a loss to Miami. So that worries me a little bit because teams do get up the next game and they will be ready. But I'm going with the Tar Heels here. I like this one. You know, it's it's a contrast to styles in a way where North Carolina still is one of the fastest teams in the country. Clemson, they're mid-tier pace-wise. They're technically in the bottom half, but they're mid-tier really because a lot of that country is between 68 and a half and 69 and a half possessions. Clemson's off the loss earlier in the week in Coral Gables. This does kind of scream bounce back for Clemson for me. The problem is the number. I, I was hoping that this would be a pick, personally. If it was a pick, I would have come in, I would have bet Clemson. Now that I'm laying three and laying a nice, reasonable price on the money line at $1.55, now, I would lean to your direction of taking the three with North Carolina I don't know if I'd get there on the money line, but I would lean to that at these numbers that are out there right now. And I get why the markets bet Clemson early. I, yeah. I get I get why this got bet up, and I get why the markets come back on North Carolina uh, early this morning. Uh, one other ACC game at the top of the hour. Neither of us have a play on Pitt and Louisville. Just kind of shows how bad Louisville is at this point, is that they're as big as a nine-point dog at home against Pitt. I was going to say, I, I do like Pittsburgh in this spot, oh, but boy. not nine points. <laughs> <laughs> not nine. <laughs> Can't do that on the road. Uh, let's go to one that gambling Twitter is going to love because it's the good old road ranked team is a dog against the unranked team that's playing at home. And this is a top five team that's a dog on the road here. Kentucky and Florida at the old O-Dome in uh, Gainesville. It's three and a half right now. Kentucky dealing with injuries as they have all year. This is really the best shot Florida's had at an elite team. Alex, I think the market's overthinking this, personally. 
I get why Florida came a small favorite last night. I understand it. Good home, good home court, good team. By the way, this total is 170 in this one, which is very high for this uh, this <laughs> this game. Even though I think the total's right, <laughs> Alex, you and I are in the same camp here. There's even a four that's in the market on Kentucky. That's just too much to pass for me. I like the Cats, and I'm going to take a little piece on the money line. Call me square if you want. But Florida, when they've had opportunities this year against better competition, you and I discussed this before the show, their three best opponents against Kempom, they're 0-3. Lost to Virginia. They lost to Baylor. Lost comfortably on the road in Winston-Salem against Wake. They have not elevated their game well against non-con good teams. There's no reason to think, at least for me, in the conference opener that it's going to turn against Kentucky. You make great points. I think Florida should have been about a one-point favorite here. So it is a play on the number, taking the three-and-a-half with Kentucky. Both season-open conference games for these two. Gators are 6-0 and at home, but you mentioned it. They haven't played anyone really tough at home this year. And then Kentucky's shooting 50% from the field. And they're allowing just 73.4 points per game. So I know they have injuries, but I think they can get it keep it close in this one and possibly even win the game. Yeah, I, I just think the price is too steep. That's all it is. I think it's too steep on Florida. Again, I, I get the opening opening overnights. I still like Kentucky, but I understood it uh, on the Gators. But just too much, too much in the end here. All right, St. John's and Villanova up next. Nova three and a half at home, total 143 and a half on this one. Two teams that are still still sorting themselves out. Nova, we've talked about it. They've been better the last month after that three-game losing streak, and they just couldn't beat the, the Philly teams for whatever reason this year. Coming off a nice win at home, found a way, got it done, one-point win against the Musketeers of Xavier earlier in the week. The Johnnies... Good win to open conference or to open the uh, the new year of conference play earlier in the week. A win against Butler by 16. That game wasn't even really that close. Uh, playing at their pace, Villanova right now three and a half against the Johnnies, 143 and a half. Alex, so I was really looking for dogs today, but I do think uh, Villanova should be a little bit higher here against okay. St. John's. They've kind of overachieved. Talking about defense though. Villanova is 17th, but I just don't think they've really looked that strong yet this year. So that kind of makes me a little a little nervous here. I didn't lay the points yet, but I lean towards Villanova in this one. This is a big-time pass for me. Big-time pass. And it's because of the tempos in this game. Villanova plays very slow. They're 328th in adjusted tempo in the country. Just so you know, there's 362 teams. So they're in the bottom, basically, of, of tempo. St. John's, they're in the top 100. 71.2 possessions, 71.2 possessions a game for Rick Patino and company. And they're only going to get better as the year goes along. We know it. Even at, even at his age, I still think Rick Patino is the best coach in country for college hoops. I really do. And we all know why he's taking this roundabout path to St. John's. But the man can coach basketball. Right. And I expect St. John's by the end of the year to be a top four team in the Big East. I think they went out right personally today. Okay. They went out right on the road. Uh, that that would be the only thing I'd look at uh, in this one. I also don't mind the total over. It's kind of correlated. You like St. John's, yeah. it's going to go over. If you like Villanova, 
it's going to go under here just because that's whoever I, I would say covers this game. The pace that's right. will have been dictated by them in this one. All right, Kansas and TCU up next. You know, I'll say this for Kansas. Nine-point favorites against TCU where I don't want to say the Horned Frogs have been exposed recently, but they've been exposed recently. And Kansas only has one loss. The metrics are not as good as you would anticipate for this KU team. They're 15th in Ken Palm, despite the fact that they're 12-1 and one, and they started the season in the top five. TCU, same sort of thing as we mentioned earlier with Florida. Whenever they've taken a step up in competition, they've gotten rocked. They lost by eight against Clemson. That game was really not that competitive. They lost by 13 against Nevada in a game where the Wolfpack were up as much as 25. So this is a monster step up for the conference opener for TCU today. It's nine on Kansas. I'm staying off, but I would only look to lay the favorite at home here in this one. I agree. I mean, TCU, I would say that Nevada team is is pretty good in the Mountain West They're right solid. now. Yeah, pretty solid. So they are four and one in their last five, but they ha you're right. They haven't played that many good teams. So I think Kansas is deserving of being a nine-point favorite here. I do think they are one of the top five teams in the country. So stay away from me as well, but should be an interesting one. Again, best home court in the country. By by my numbers and opinion, there at Fog Allen and uh, you see, it was, has has won there in recent years. They got they got Kansas two years ago, uh, and arguably the biggest win in program history for TCU. All right, let's go to Providence and Creighton next. Providence without Bryce Hopkins, his season is done after a season-ending injury earlier in the week. Creighton is eleven point favorites in this one. Against the Friars, total 141 and a half, Alex. How are they betting this one? How are they betting this one? So Creighton on the overnights at some spots were 10. Behind us, they just popped the total from 139 and a half to 141 okay. and a half. I am, you know, I did have Creighton as a potential at the 10. I, I just, I it, it, sometimes when you have the best player on a team get hurt, the next game, that team, so this will work for Providence, does come out with, with a big effort. But we I've been waiting for Creighton to have one of these games where they look like the top 10 team that people thought they were going to be. They're currently unranked in the AP poll. They're 16th in Ken Palm. The Ken Palm's number is more right than the AP poll. Shocker on that one. But I'm staying, I'm staying off of this. I'm staying off of this. I think the number just got too steep here on Creighton. I'm with you. I was just curious because seeing that number 23 next to Providence, I would think some of the public betters would be jumping all over the points there with this one. But you're right. I just, I'm not that big on Creighton yet. So we'll see if they can turn it around. I just live and die by the three. So if they can get it going, then we know that they'll cover this easily. But if not, then they could be in a little bit of trouble here. Let's uh, go Arkansas and Auburn next. Auburn two and a half on the road in Fayetteville, Arkansas has been a humongous underachiever so far this year. Still top-notch talent. We know this. We know that the Musselman's team have big-time talent, but they're 59th in Ken Palm. They're 9-4. and four. Quite frankly, I'm surprised they're that high. They do have the win against Duke, which is part of the reason they're even in the top 60 right now in Ken Palm. But every time I've watched them, they've been unimpressive. And they look like a poorly coached team. But this is kind of what the pattern is for Musselman. <laughs> they, they, 
he has a group that if you're betting them, you want to basically scream at them the whole time. But they're immensely talented. Yep. And this is the conference opener against an Auburn team that I think has been much better than I thought they were going to be. I thought they were a borderline top 25 team coming into the year. They're 10th in Ken Palm. Other than that weird loss they took in Boone, North Carolina, against a pretty good Appalachian State team, they lose on a neutral to Baylor. They've ripped through everyone else. The problem is, Alex, I think that top 10 Ken Palm ranking is kind of like the BYU ranking. I think it's a little bit fraudulent because they've really destroyed the bad teams on their resume and have part of that has boosted their analytics number. I like Arkansas today outright at home. This is a different test for Auburn, and this is usually around the time where Arkansas starts to figure things out. I think it's a reasonable price. If you can get a dollar thirty on the money line, I would grab it. Dollar twenty five is good as well. I like the Hogs outright in this game. I'm with you. I think um, this game could have been a pick 'em here between yep. these two. So I'm going to take the points here with Arkansas. I mean, really, their losses have come to top teams. So this, I think, they'll be good at home hosting Auburn here and. They are 7-1 at home this year, fifth in the SEC in scoring 82.3 points while shooting 48% from the field. So I like that, like for them to get hot here. But Tigers are 5-0 in their last five, as you mentioned. So should be a good game. Let's go to Houston's first game as a Big 12 member in conference here. Cougars in West Virginia. So a great draw for Houston. Their first conference game is they play the worst team in the league by a pretty significant <laughs> margin right out of the gate. 21 and a half behind us. Totals 134 and a half. It's mostly 21 in the market on this game. I see all those points, and I'm pretty tempted to take it with West Virginia. Now, I don't know if I'm going to get there on that because this is a Mountaineer team that really can't play offense, and their defense is pretty average, to put it politely. And you're going up against Houston. Well, look, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to be a little bit skeptical of Houston until they show it in conference play against the higher end level of competition. Their best win on Ken Palm is that win against A&M, which is a good solid win, but A&M was without two of their key guys in that game. They did beat Utah in a neutral. Good win. Yeah. Utes are pretty good. But this is not a telltale tell, tell, tell game here. I'm staying off. We're going to really learn what this team is all about Tuesday when they go to Ames to take on a game Cyclones team in that one out. That will be a good game. You're right. This West Virginia team, 5-8 and eight on the year in offense. They're ranked 177 right now. So it's a lot of points, but I don't feel comfortable grabbing it. You're always kind of looking at those top teams and seeing what they're laying, and I didn't feel comfortable laying 21.5 with Houston today either. Yeah. So stay away from me. Let's go Nebraska-Wisconsin next. Uh, the Badgers, you know, I, I did not expect much out of this Badger team either, but... Their only losses are to Tennessee, Providence, and Arizona. Nothing wrong with anything I just mentioned, especially with early season Providence. Uh, they beat Michigan State in East Lansing. They handled Iowa in, their, in the, uh, the conference opener of the new year here earlier in the week. And now they get Nebraska there in, uh, in Madison. It's six and a half. Nebraska, I think Nebraska is actually a little underrated in Ken Palm. They're 49th. Their two losses are to Creighton. Okay, nothing wrong with that. I know they got crushed in that game, but Creighton is still a really good basketball team. And they lost to Minnesota, who is improving. Minnesota got a really nice win on the road at Ann Arbor earlier in the week against Michigan. 
Uh, they beat Indiana by 16 earlier in the week uh, at home in Lincoln. I think it's too many points. I, I like Nebraska plus the six and a half, and this market has not moved at all overnight, which kind of makes me think that this number is right based off of what the books put out here. And I'm going to trust trust my uh, trust myself and my numbers on this. And I thought Nebraska should have been four and a half in this game. I'll take the extra two and take the Huskers getting six and a half in this one at, uh, on the road at the Kohl Center. You're right. Probably two-way action here, keeping that number right mm-hmm. there. But Wisconsin, you're right. They have been very impressive. 14 ranked in offense and 29th in defense. So they're very well-rounded as well. I think the number's just right. I'm going to have to stay away and watch this one and get a better feel of Nebraska. Yeah, it's you know, it's they look like a tournament team. And Nebraska's basketball program hasn't been there very often. No. So be a really nice uh, step in the in the direction. And then for a year where Hoiberg has been was his seat was hot going into the year. Getting to the tournament will cool that thing way off uh there in Lincoln. All right, let's go to Miami and Wake Forest. Actually a pretty intriguing game in the ACC. No, another one. The number hasn't moved. Been four through the through the overnights, hasn't moved on the overnight much at all. Was a little bit of four and a half for a little bit, but that's all gone now. It's back to four. It was there pretty quickly. Total 159. Keynes got that really good win against Clemson earlier in the week. Wake Forest improving finally under Steve Forbes. We've been waiting for this. I loved him at ETSU. Now he's finally improved this Wake team to at least be a a uh, a potential NCAA tournament team uh, a year after where they were on the wrong side of the bubble last year. With that said, I like Miami. <laughs> I, I like the Canes getting the points. I expect this to be a wild pace game where this is just going to be up and down action. The total at 159, if anything, might be a little light. But I favor Miami. I just like Miami. I, I still think that Miami, a team that was in the Final Four a year ago, I understand they lost pieces. But three of those key pieces are back. And I think part of the reason their metrics look as bad as they do where they're 47th, you look at the two losses they took, they got walloped in Kentucky, and they got annihilated by Colorado. So the metrics over, to me, this is the one problem with the metrics here, they overrate blowouts on both sides, where it just could have been a bad a bad day for them. And Miami, to me, is about probably the 32nd best team in the country, and they're 47th again, I think those numbers are off, personally. Uh, so that's why I like the four with the Canes. Would not be shocked if this is all the way out right here. That is funny. They do over-exaggerate um, on those because you're right. Those two losses, they could have just given up in the fourth quarter and it got out of hand there. And then, like BYU, we see them beat up on bad teams yeah. and they are rated very high. But I'm with you on this one. Wake Forest really hasn't played anyone good. And when they did, I mean, they lost to Georgia and Utah in week in their second and third games this year. And then they've been on a nice winning streak, but no one really great here. So I think it's a big step up for them. I think four is way too many, way too many points to be laying for Wake here. Let's get Baylor and Oklahoma State here. The Bears, of course, coming in uh, with two wins uh, against Cornell and Mississippi Valley State the last two times out after those back-to-back losses. Again, I liked Michigan State that day. They ran them out of the building in Detroit. And you lose to Duke at MSG. I'm not going to hold those against you. Uh, they take on the Cowboys here, where you're looking at Baylor's a five-point favorite in this one with a total of 147. 
Alex, just uh, I, I think this number's right. I, I'm going to stay off of this. This may be an in-game scenario where if the Pokes get out to a lead yeah. and I'm getting a discount on Baylor, that would be the way to look to play this one. Completely agree. Because I was definitely looking at the Baylor side here. I think it's too many points. Great idea. Take it in play. Vanderbilt and Alabama's up next. Bama, 13 and a half point favorites on the road in Nashville, 158 the total. You know, we have talked about Alabama a bunch on this show already. I think they're vastly overrated in the metric. Vastly. Because when you're built, and, and look, part of the reason they're vastly overrated is when they have played well this year, they have annihilated teams. We saw it the last time out. I liked them against Liberty. I didn't expect that, where they almost beat them by 50. They beat them by 45 in that one in Birmingham. Now to go on the road to Vandy, where Vandy's bad. They're 203rd in Ken Palm. I, I'm really disappointed in Stack. I thought Stackhouse would have had this program mm -hmm. at least a little better at this point, and they're not. They beat Dartmouth their last time out. Woohoo, Dartmouth's 323 in the, in the country in Ken Palm. With that said, though, Alex, and the market has agreed with me on this, it's just too many points. It is. And... I, I like the overnight number. There's still some 14 out there, which was the overnight number at some shops. Chris and company put 13 and a half up uh, on the uh, the early morning portion of the overnights here. I just think it's too many points for a conference game now. Can Alabama beat them by 35? Of course they can. Right. If Bama comes out and is making their threes, they're capable of running anyone in the country out. But on the road, Memorial Gymnasium is a weird place to play. I think it's too many points we'll take we'll take it with vandy and if they get smacked they get smacked oh are you actually you're gonna take it I'll with take vandy? 14. okay yeah, i'll take four there, there's 14 out there so i'll take that okay i'm gonna stay away from this one you know i'm pretty high on alabama but i don't want to lay that many points on the road let's go to florida atlantic and charlotte next uh fau after their second bizarre clunker of the year where they lost the florida gulf coast uh fau's We've seen the spectrum for them. Yeah, they're high, the, the lows of losing to Bryant and F, and and Florida Gulf Coast, two teams that they have no business losing to, and then they beat Arizona on a neutral, and now they they beat ECU at home, bounce back, good spot on on Tuesday of the week, one by fifteen. Now they go on the road to Charlotte. This Charlotte team is is the metrics actually show reasonable team one thirty one in Ken Palm, not bad. A game underwater. I I think this is a good matchup for FAU, though, because Charlotte's going to want to slow this thing down. Yes. And as we've seen with FAU, as long as they don't just have the brutal shooting games, that's part of the reason they lost both of those two games. They had no business losing. They couldn't shoot. And for this game, if FAU is making the shots, I think this should be 10, even though it's a road game. It's a lean. Don't think it's quite strong enough to be a play, but I would lean to the Owls on the road. Again, I get it. Conference game, you want to be taking a bunch of points with home teams, but I just think this is a good matchup for FAU, and if Charlotte's not making their shots, they, they might be lucky to get the 40 today. I completely agree. Charlotte really has no offense. They're ranked 187 in Ken Palm. It's their defense that's been keeping them in these games, and I like this Florida Atlantic team. I I think they can definitely cover this eight. It's it's lean for me as well. Let's go to UNLV and San Diego State next. Alex, this is uh, this one's for you. The Aztecs eight and a half point favorites in this one. 
you know, even in a year where it seems that the Mountain West is a little more up for grabs, Colorado State has been awesome. Utah State looks to be back in their old form again. I still think that the Aztecs are the best team in this in this league. It's a bad spot for UNLV at eight and a half. I'm not going to bet it, but if you made me come out and bet this game, I think I would lay it at VA Haas with the Techs at home against UNLV. Yeah, I'm not going to do anything here. It is a bad spot for UNLV and going into San Diego State. Tough place to play. Um, these two know each other very well. I mean, if UNLV can get hot and the Boone brothers can uh, put some points here, they can keep it close, um, but I'm not going to bet it today. Yeah, nothing, we're, in, we're in agreement. We're just going to stay off of this one, uh, even though it would be a lean to San Diego State for me at Viejas. Let's go to Ole Miss and Tennessee next. The Vols at home right now, 11 and a half point favorites against Ole Miss. Not much of a shock there. Ole Miss undefeated, but non believers in the metrics on this. I don't think I've ever seen this before, Alex, where Ole Miss began the year at 82nd in Ken Palm. Okay. They are 13-0. and 0. They have not moved. They are the exact same rating they were when they started the season. And, look, Chris Beard, we know what happened off the court. We know why he lost his job at, at Texas. He is an excellent on-court basketball coach. We know this. He nearly won a national title at Texas Tech and what yeah. could have been potentially here at UNLV, as we know coach for about 17 minutes before taking that Red Raider job. Um, they haven't played anyone Ole Miss. Their best opponent they played is Memphis. They did beat them. So credit on that. But this is a different animal going on the road to Thompson Bowling and taking on a Tennessee team that is rated in the top 10 at Ken Palm since that three-game losing streak against Purdue, Kansas, and North Carolina, who are all legitimate top 10 teams in my book. They've been excellent. They've handled Illinois. With that said, though, Alex, this is aggressive. This is aggressive for me, where I expect Ole Miss to have something to prove. Hey, no one buys into us. We're undefeated. Why are we not looked at as a reasonable team? But the one thing that does concern me for Ole Miss is their defense is not up the beard standard. They're 120th in Ken Palm on defense. So this is a stay off, but this does feel aggressive at the 11 and a half, 12 that's out there. Very aggressive. I mean, they have two good wins. They did beat Memphis and. UCF, I don't, I'm surprised they didn't move at all in Ken Palm. That really right, does. If anything, they went down me. actually at the beginning. But 11 and a half points is a lot of points for conference play. And you're right. I think they have a lot to prove here. I'm, I'm a little tempted. I'm looking for my number here, but yeah, that's a lot of points. Let's get Oklahoma and Iowa State next. Really good big 12 matchup with a pair of top 25 Ken Palm teams and top 25 ranked teams in the actual rankings. Sooners are three. At home against Iowa State, you know, this is an interesting, interesting game here where you have two top 15 defenses. Yeah. Iowa State has really picked their tempo up this year with, with Otzelberger there. Oklahoma, you know, look at the resume. Their best win is Providence. They beat Arkansas, who's talented but was a mess at the time. Their only loss is a game to North Carolina when the game was in Charlotte, so it was a de facto home game for the Heels. 
I'm staying out of this one at three. I think the number's right, Alex, but this would be one in-game where if I can get either side at a bloated number, I think I would come back with that bloated side and see what happens in this one in an in-game perspective. You're right. Iowa State has been playing a lot faster than their normal pace, but and you mentioned it, top five defense. They're ranked four right now in Kempom, so they've looked very good here. Kind of surprised that it is three. I, I thought it would be closer to a one and a half or two. So I'd lean a little bit to Ohio State, but I'll wait for the end game as well. Let's go to Utah and Arizona. Wildcats destroying Colorado earlier in the week in a bounce back spot. Utah went on the road to Tempe and lost to Arizona State. 13, Alex, on this one. Arizona laying at 165 the total. Yeah, nothing for me here. I think um, 13 is a lot of points to be laying and not showing Utah much respect here. But what about you? Anything for you nah, in this one? Hey, this is the right number. I don't think Utah's as good as their numbers show. I Honestly, I think that's a theme for the teams in, U- in the state of Utah this year because I really think BYU is incredibly overrated. Uh, but Utah, look, I, Arizona State, they're their opponent. And, and Arizona State, by the way, plays Colorado today. Uh, that one, what do, what do we have currently in that game? That is uh, Colorado 3. Yep. Um, I, I actually like Arizona State do as you? a home dog in that game uh, because they defy, they're defying the numbers, Arizona State. And they were fortunate to win those two games in, in the Bay Area. They looked like a team that, again, I think is of tournament talent there at Arizona State. It's kind of like your classic Hurley team where they've underachieved early in the year. They got themselves in a hole. They dig themselves out in Pac-12 games and end up playing in Dayton. Like, that's kind of what this team screams to me. Uh, But we'll see how that plays out. But Arizona-Utah, nothing for me uh, at the 13. All right. Uh, Texas Tech and Texas uh, tonight in, uh, in Austin. This is a steep line, which is steeper than I thought I should say six and a half uh, with Texas and Texas Tech uh, right now for the Red Raiders uh, Pops Isaac will more likely than not not play today uh, a civil lawsuit filed against him yesterday for an incident in the Bahamas I am staying out of this game but I will say this is another in-game one I probably want to attack I don't trust the Longhorns and I think part of that is I don't think they're as well coached now with Rodney Terry having that permanent job. But if this is one of those where Texas Tech just looks totally out of sorts, maybe look to lay a number with with the Longhorns in game. Yeah, with that news and Isaac being out, I didn't play it. But I was looking more towards Texas Tech here, taking the points. Um, I just I agree with you. I don't really trust the Longhorns yet. They got to prove it to me. So nothing for me pre-flop, but... Was I was leaning more tech here in this one. Here's one that I uh, am very intrigued your position on, Alex. Colorado State on the road in Logan to take on Utah State. Really good matchup. Colorado State, this is another one. Unranked home team, favored against the ranked home team. I like Utah State here. I, I actually will go with the trend on this one. Uh, the Aggies at two and a half. You know, Colorado State this year where I think they are a legitimate top 20 team. Ken Palm doesn't like them as much as 27. They're one loss to St. Mary's. But on the road here, first conference game, tricky place to play, tricky spot. 
and a defense that I think is going to be up for the task to slow this elite offense. I like Danny Sprinkle and company at home on a 12-game winning streak to cover the two-and-a-half at home. I agree. I mean, keep that winning streak going. I like Utah State here. I think two-and-a-half is uh, the right number, so I feel, I'd feel comfortable laying that at home with them. 60th in offense, 46th in defense. Very well-rounded team here with the Aggies this year. I, how, many, how many tournament teams do you think there are in the Mountain West? Because Colorado State and San Diego State, definites right now. I would argue that this Utah State team yep. and Nevada should also be in. And I know New Mexico is top 40 Ken Palm. I need to make sure this isn't a redux of last year, where they were undefeated in non-con and then missed the NCAA tournament altogether. And it was not off to a good start with that loss in Fort Collins to Colorado State. They, by the way, play Wyoming, their big favorites at home in Albuquerque today. Not much of a shock there. But I five, I think, is the max for the Mountain West this year. See, and I, I still want to see more from Nevada here before I just put them right in there. Again, they've been kind of in a rebuild here, but they've looked very good this year. So them and New Mexico, I agree, we'll, we'll see how they do down the stretch. Well, it's only appropriate here in the final few games that we have that one of them will be, will be, will be BYU. But before we get them, I want to go Oregon and Wazoo. Washington State, one-point favorites at home. So... This is the, one of those tricky back-to-back -back road spots. Now, not as tricky for the Oregon teams because it's not intense travel. Going from Oregon to uh, the state of Washington is usually is a tricky, trickier road trip for those teams from Arizona or Southern California. Uh, the Ducks won a really entertaining game in Seattle on Thursday night, winning as an underdog on the road against the Huskies. Wazoo really had to work against Oregon State. They found a way. They... Covered some numbers the other night in the seven-point win. I think the wrong team is favored here. Okay. Uh, I, I'm, you know, for Oregon, this has been a few years in a row where Dana Altman has had his team stuck in neutral, where they were basically making the second weekend every single year, and they made that Final Four with Dylan Brooks and company and Peyton Pritchard. Uh, but now, as the talent has subsided a little bit for the Ducks, there's been a little lack of consistency. But I think this team is better than they've shown so far this year. Now, Santa Clara lost. I think Santa Clara is a good team, not as good as they looked at the beginning of the year. Syracuse destroyed them in South Dakota, where why that game was in Sioux Falls, I don't know. And they lost to Alabama on the neutral. Nothing wrong with that. But now that you get into conference play for the Ducks, I think the talent's going to start winning out here in some of these spots. And even though I like Kyle, Kyle Boone and I like that, that, that coaching staff in, in, uh, in Pullman, I think Oregon should have been a one-point favorite. I think it's the wrong way. I like the Ducks out right here. Washington State, one and two in their last three games, so they are getting a lot of respect here being the favorite. So I agree with you. I think the wrong team is favored. I think um, take the points with Oregon or take them outright. Well, I will say this with Wazoo. That first road trip, that mountain road trip, difficult, where they lost to Utah and Colorado, two teams that are more talented than them. So... <laughs> But, look, well, again, I just think the Ducks are more talented. And, look, that's not to say Wazoo won't win the game anyway. All right, let's get let's finish it up. I think it's appropriate. BYU and Cincinnati is where we end today. Ten-point favorites at home, the Cougars are against the Bearcats. I think that's a pretty good draw to kick off your Big 12 membership for BYU. You get the, other, you get the Bearcats who came in with them. Yeah. Um, BYU is going to be a point of contention all year for them. As long as they're absurdly overvalued in Ken Palm, 
where they're top 10 in both offense and defense. They're rated number four in Ken Palm. There's no universe where they're the fourth best team in the country. I'm sorry. They're just not. But for this game against a Cincinnati team that I think is they're solid. I think they're a solid basketball team. I think they're a borderline bubble team. If they weren't in the Big 12, I think they're going to miss the tournament pretty handily because they're in the conference where they're going to be overmatched on both nights. But I think the number's fair. I would actually lean to the under in this game, if anything. I would lean to under 151 and a half. Um, I know Cincinnati tries to play fast, but I think they're going to have to slow this down a little bit with the way that the elevation is in Provo as well. But this, all I'm going to say, because we're not on the air on Tuesday, I will be on Baylor on Tuesday night to open that new building in Waco. I will be on Baylor. And I, Ken Palm has that as a one-point game. I expect Baylor to be closer to three. But I don't care. I, that will be one of the bigger bets I make early in the season, going against BYU on the road in a difficult spot in Waco on Tuesday. But for this one, I lean under Cincinnati and BYU. I like it. I'm, I'm excited about this one. I want to see how these two do against each other. This is a pretty good Cincinnati team. You're right. They're ranked 44 offensively, 47th defensively. Big turnaround for them in this program with Miller there. But BYU, we'll see. I'm kind of hoping that they prove you wrong, Jeff. I'm hoping that they can keep this thing going <laughs> and they can uh, stay in the top five going into the tournament. So, so uh, real quick before we go, some other leans I'll just throw out there. Uh, UNC Wilmington against Towson. UNC Wilmington's a one-point favorite on the road, and now one I do like the Seahawks on the road against Towson. Uh, and now one Loyola plays Duquesne in an A-10 battle. That is a pick. Uh, you might even be able to get one with Loyola. I like them at home against Duquesne. And then one last one I'll bring up here. Uh, we'll, go to, uh, we'll go to Montana State and South Dakota State here. Uh, up to 13. I actually thought Montana State was okay at 10 and a half on the overnights. So the fact that we're up to 13 and climbing, yeah, I'm going to wait and see how high this goes, and then I'm going to take a shot on the Bobcats getting the points on the road at the Jackrabbit. I like it. A couple leans for me in hockey today, which yep. I had more overs than I liked. And Sean and I have been following the Grand Salami. So far, it's um, 5-0 and to the under the last okay. five days. But we're staying away today because there are a lot of high-scoring games I see. But Buffalo-Pittsburgh, do I dare take another Penguins under? I'm going <laughs> to do it. It's 6.5. I like that under. I also like Florida. No, I don't. I like Colorado today against Florida at home. Florida's coming off that big win over Vegas. Third road game for them. I like the Islanders and VGK over six. I think that game should be at six and a half. So you're getting some value there. The Islanders used to play slow and methodical. They picked it up this year. They're a feisty team. So we'll see some goals on the board in that one. That's uh, just down the road at T-Mobile. Yes, usually it is. I to, usually I go to the when the Islanders. Do you? But not 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 this year. They're they're fun to watch. They're different. They're, they're very different than what you're accustomed to with right. that team. <laughs> I usually use. Grind it out, grind it out. Not, not the case so far here in this 2023 2024 yep. season. All right. We're back tomorrow, 24 hours from now, previewing the final week of the NFL season. Uh, again, Steelers, three point favorites tonight. Houston up to one and a half against Indianapolis. Even some two in the market on that game now. For Alex White, I'm Jeff Parles. We'll see you again tomorrow. Sports by the book here at the South Point Studio.